volume three chapter twelve of the rebel rose by justin mccarthy and rosa campbell prayed this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twelve a catastrophe through all the hours of the last day's debate lady saxon suffered tortures everyone said that champion would carry his motion by a large majority that the conservatives would appeal to the country that they would be defeated at the general election and that champion would become prime minister and bring bellarmine into his cabinet all this triumph was to be won not only without her but in spite of her she had dreamed of doing great things for champion for bellarmine too and now she had done her best against them and she had failed utterly and they were to triumph a wild last despairing idea took hold of her the vulgar nature of the montbanc reasserted itself in her if she could do nothing else she would spoil their division she would surprise and scandalize the town neither champion nor bellarmine should appear in the division lobby that at least would be something done to feed her revenge full of this freak of half insane spite she sent her letter to bellarmine and her messenger soon brought her certain news that bellarmine and lord stonehenge had left westminster palace at once together later on she sent to champion a letter begging him to come and see her at once if only for five minutes she had something to tell him on which all her hopes depended she would be lost utterly if he did not come and give her counsel that night that very night she worded her letter so that champion should be led to believe there was a threatened scandal and quarrel with lord saxon that she knew would bring him even on the eve of his triumph at half-past eleven sir victor champion came he had got out of the house by the ladies gallery entrance he had said nothing to the liberal whips on leaving it would not be worth while he could be back before twelve in time to hear lord saxon's speech and to reply on the whole subject lord saxon was not expected to get up much before twelve o'clock champion was distressed and angry at having to leave the house even for a few minutes just then but he did not venture to neglect lady saxon's appeal he observed with a little surprise that the door was opened for him not by a manservant but by lady saxon's japanese maid he was shown into the outer room and then through heavy curtains into the dimly lighted inner room and in a moment or two lady saxon made her appearance she hurried towards him he stood coldly back and there was a complaining even reproachful look on his face suddenly she broke down the strain was too great for her she burst into tears all her pride and hate had vanished at sight of him and only the old passion of love was filling her champion came near and tried to soothe her and besought her in a gentle tone to tell him of her trouble don't speak to me she sobbed just yet just for a little i shall soon be better what could he do but wait until her passion of tears was over and then time was running on and lord saxon would soon begin his speech she jumped up from the sofa on which she had been lying there i am better now she said taking her handkerchief from her eyes now ask me anything you like why have you sent for me on such a night as this because i felt that i must see you that i must speak to you that you must talk over things with me that we must see each other this very night have you thought he asked her what this night is 
have you thought what its consequences may be to me oh yes i know the night of your great division to be sure the night that you expect is to bring you back to power i have thought of it that is the way with all of you men your own ambition is what you love the most it is not the way of women i could love you if you failed i feel more like hating you now that you stand on the verge of success what do i care for your division you want to rush away to the house of commons i suppose to record your vote as the newspapers put it in their stilted jargon well why don't you go i must go josephine as you know it is getting late already and where would be the use of my staying here any longer you have nothing to tell me then go she said rising to her feet and pointing to the door with a melodramatic air go and record your vote and win your victory and gratify your ambition but take this little scrap of news with you the moment you leave this room i shall kill myself she struck her breast with her open palm as she gave out these words champion stopped amazed incredulous horrified i shall kill myself she repeated that moment the moment you leave this room look here she drew something from her bosom i have been used to drugs and decoctions victor in my early days as you know and one never knows when one may not get sick of life so i have always carried this dainty little companion with me you see it is only like the tiniest of sugar-plums but locusta never had a poison so quick and subtle as this the moment you leave this room i shall swallow it and before you have reached the street i shall be dead josephine what folly what madness what wickedness it is to talk like that give me that vile thing i will have it i must have it give it to me do i beg of you she laughed at his appeal go to your division she said scornfully why should you care about me why should you want me to live what if after all you should be late for the division what a pretty talk that would make oh give me that thing he cried passionately and he made a movement as if he would snatch it from her she closed her right hand on it champion caught both her hands in his and held them tightly but although he could hold her hands he could not get the poison from her she was a strong woman and it took all his masculine power merely to hold her hands don't we look pretty and statuesque she said with another wild laugh what a situation for a dramatic author what a melodrama in high life let go my hands victor and go to your division you need not turn back if you should hear me fall indeed i don't think i shall allow myself to fall i shall arrange myself in a becoming order and attitude on that sofa and when saxon comes in from the house he will find me dead he will be rather shocked don't you think i wonder will he really be very sorry in the end i have been a bad lot and he would be sure to find it out soon or late champion did not at that moment doubt the sincerity of her declaration later on he often had the conviction that after all she was but acting a part but just then he felt sure that if he left her she would kill herself he tried to reason with her but she only laughed at his reasoning he implored her but she made mockery of him 
how amusing she said the great orator thinks he can talk over a desperate woman as he talks over his people in the house of commons it can't be done sir victor champion you see you are helpless all the servants are in bed except saxon's coachman and groom who will not come home until saxon comes we are absolutely alone you and i left to our own devices even if you were to make a rush for the bell i should have swallowed my little sugar-plum before you could reach it and what would be the good of making a row then do you want to set me mad champion asked of her in the tone of one truly perplexed in the extreme mad set you mad oh no i couldn't do that not i or any other woman not even miss beaton herself whom you adore you're far too cool-headed a man to be set mad you have set me mad but that's a different thing still you have set me mad and you must put up with some of the unpleasant consequences let us sit down he said and talk this quietly over as quietly as we can he drew her towards the sofa and induced her to sit there he sat beside her still holding her hands in his it was an odd picture and would have curiously puzzled anyone who suddenly came within sight of it victor she said i am conquered completely conquered i went into this in cold blood i was determined to captivate you once more and to avenge myself in one way or another for the manner in which you had cast me off dropped me down at all events but i lost myself almost before i knew it yes i lost myself in love for you i hate the stupid life i have to lead i am sick of saxon's companionship i only want to be with you i am as much in love as if i were not out of my teens josephine what use is it to tell me all this i can do nothing i can't marry you no not now not this moment or this week or this month but if i give up everything for you if we go away together then there must be a divorce and then then victor you could marry me and you would would you not anyhow i would trust you and take my chance all this is simply impossible for heaven's sake dear josephine do try to be reasonable how could i allow saxon's wife to go away with me saxon who is my friend you must have known long before this that your dear friend's wife was again in love with you and you didn't discourage her you didn't rebuke her no because i looked on you as a woman of the world who would not involve herself or her husband or anyone else in a public scandal and shame ho oh, ho she cried tossing her head impatiently the horrible coldness and calculation of all that that is not the way in which a woman loves look i have forgiven you everything forgiven you your old neglect forgiven you your love-making to your mary stuart i would forgive you even your coldness and your calculation oh can you not love me can you not sacrifice something for me see i am ready to sacrifice all for you my position in the world my husband's rank my future even my soul 
i suppose if what good people tell us is true i sacrifice all this for you do you care for nothing but your career and your ambition and yourself it is not a question of personal ambition josephine it is a question of the duty one owes to a great cause to a party to a people to england think what dishonor i should bring upon that party and that cause think what a pain it would be to that people if now at my time of life in my position of acknowledged leadership i were to take you at your word to take you from your husband josephine you talk very lightly of loving me i tell you this is not love a woman who really loved a man would do anything rather than bring disgrace on him oh cold cold and heartless cold and heartless as ever well then let me die you cannot want me to live i do not want to live without you life is all shriveled up into this one desire this longing for your love see how i stoop and abase myself before you oh but i have still in the eagerness of their talk he had let one of her hands pass from his and she now made a sudden gesture as if she were about to bear it to her lips he caught it again in alarm and horror and held it fast she smiled a wild smile some time or other she said you will have to let my hands go victor and then you will see do you know that you will have lost your division after all do you know that the moment the division is over my husband will come home and that he will come at once to me wondering why i have not gone down to the house to learn the great news what do you think he will say when he sees you and me in this picturesque attitude you holding my hands firmly clasped in yours oh for god's sake champion remonstrated don't talk in that way don't put such horrible thoughts into words 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 yes you always think of the words victor no matter what the thoughts or the deeds provided only that the words are well chosen and sound right well i wish he would come i wish he would draw that curtain just at this moment and look in on us and see you and me and hear me tell of my love for you and my willingness to go away with you for a moment champion felt an almost uncontrollable impulse to throw her hands from him but the mere relaxation of his grasp set her renewing once more her attempt to get free and as he now fully believed to put her poison to its use he held her more firmly than before where and how was this to end he felt a completeness of despair yes she repeated i wish he would come this moment and hear me tell how i love you draw aside that curtain and see us now the curtains which divided the one room from the other were suddenly drawn aside but neither champion nor lady saxon heard any sound or looked towards the parted screen lord saxon stood there for a moment and stared at them he seemed like one paralyzed his face was purple and distorted his eyes blazed he made an effort to speak but only an inarticulate voice came from his lips the sound however was enough to startle lady saxon and champion 
lady saxon sprang to her feet with a cry and she tore her hands from champion's grasp and her poison vial rattled on the hearth champion leaped up and made a movement towards lord saxon as if to put himself between saxon and the unfortunate woman saxon saxon he exclaimed don't make any mistake let me tell you everything can be explained he had no need to say any more explanation was not needed never could be given never could be understood saxon remained standing for a moment in that same appalling attitude of speechless passion his dumbness more terrible than any words of hate or menace for the moment while saxon stood thus champion felt as if his heart were sickening and ceasing to beat from horror lady saxon had shrunk back to the wall at the farther end of the room and stood there with her back pressed against it like some creature who stands on her last defence and she covered her eyes with her hands one moment the three were thus standing and then saxon made apparently a new effort to speak and again tried in vain and then a kind of sob burst from his lips and he fell forward on the floor champion knelt beside him and raised his head quick josephine help me he said in a low voice oh he has fainted she murmured still afraid to leave her place of refuge he has fainted before leave him to me you victor get away save yourself i will explain all go go i am not afraid but i want you to go i don't want you to be here when he comes too josephine champion said in a deep sad voice he will not come to heaven has punished us he is dead she gave a wild cry and ran across the room and flung herself on the carpet and took in her hands the head of the dead man for he was dead the long threatened had come the shock which saxon had been so earnestly admonished to avoid had forced itself upon him and its terrible consequence came he had seen his wife with her hands clasped in the hands of his friend he had heard some of her words and had given them their too natural interpretation and the discovery had been more than he could bear he fell dead in the belief that his friend and his wife had betrayed him he died of that belief extinction threatens the direct line of the great whig family and josephine saxon will never be duchess of athelstane end of volume three chapter twelve